Welcome back. Welcome into the Lion Share Podcast. It is week two of the NFL season, and your Detroit Lions are officially in the win column. Let them eat. Let them finally find their home. The one o'clock bullies are here and hopefully here to stay. In today's episode, we will cover everything about the Lions versus Commanders. We'll hit on some other NFL games and we'll finish with college football and our usual BS to end the show. Some quick hitting stats and takeaways from the game. Jared Goff, 20 of 34, four touchdowns, no interceptions. A clean day from him. St. Brown, obviously a great day. 184 yards total. 116 through the air uh, receiving and 64 yards through the ground with two touchdowns, two very big touchdowns. DeAndre Swift, not to be outdone, had 87 yards total, 56 on the ground and 31 through the passing game. He also added a touchdown. Aiden Hutchinson, I don't know, is he listening to our podcast? Because we kind of called him out last week, said he's got to step it up and he looked a step slow last week. Well, he put his money where his mouth is this week. Three sacks, a rookie record, we might add, and uh, just looked like the, the 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 draft pick that we thought he could be. On defense, Rodrigo, Harris, and Hughes all combined for eight tackles and just a solid day throughout. But we'll get to our BA player, player of the week and play of the week after our full breakdown of the game. Let's get into the breakdown of the game. Let's start with the first half. What a what a half by the by the Lions. They were obviously not perfect, but it was a lot of flashes of greatness. And what can you say about that defense only allowing a, uh, the first first down of the game with five minutes remaining in the second half? So just overall, all sides of the ball were were looking good, offense, special teams, and defense. But wow, I was really really taken aback by that defense. Yeah, kudos to Aaron Glenn and the entire squad. I mean. The, the biggest problem about it was they were so good and the offense complimented them so well in that first half that the defense was just back on the field immediately. Normally, you're, when your defense is doing well, you're thinking they're not out there much. But no, they were out there all day because the offense was complimenting so well, getting quick scores and putting the, team, uh, putting the defense right back on the field. You're absolutely right. It was a lot of complimentary football in the first half, and we'll get into the second half when we get there. But the first half, just just a clean game, one penalty with thirty about thirty seconds off the off the game clock. So one penalty in the whole first half, and it was right off the bat. And it was it was just a little bit of an issue with the offensive line. It was Sewell getting uh, a false start. They did have a on that first drive. Did the offense did not look great? You could see the the line was still working through those sink issues. Where you obviously there were a couple guys out on on the offensive line, Ragnow, and uh, some others were were out. So we had some guys like Dan Skipper stepping it up, stepping it up. Next man up. They they had some they had some jitters there on the on the first but uh, on the first drive. But after that, just a really nice showing from from the offense. Jared Goff. Missed a couple throws, but he was getting, he was, once again, he was serviceable, getting, getting guys open, getting the pass to him, doing what he had to do and let the playmakers, be it DeAndre Swift and St. Brown, the weapons on this offense, undoubtedly just get the ball to him and let them do the heavy lifting. Yeah. I mean. He hit the nail on the head there with uh, golf being serviceable. I mean, I know he's heard the news that's circulating with Lamar and that the list of three teams that he gave. I mean, the obvious landing spot is Detroit. So, you know, he's heard that noise and it was it was kind of rocky off the start when uh, when they had that quick out. And you're thinking, OK, did, did he let it get it to let it? Did he let it get to him like uh, Andre D- Drummond used to do with the Pistons? Or is he going to kind of shoulder it, process it, and uh, and then go go from there? And uh, he, he picked it up after that first drive, got it together, and they looked like a functioning squad. Because you know if Lamar comes in, he's going to ask for that big paycheck. So then you ask yourself, what's that left to build the rest of this team? So I, who knows if that's the route the team wants to go. But today, Goff went out there and showed that he is serviceable and he can get things done. 
And I mean, they're putting weapons around him, so prove it. He's got the full year to do it. He he did exactly what he needed to do, and that's what he. And serviceable is going to be the word you hear here lots and lots of times. That's all. That's what we need from him. He doesn't need to be Matthew Stafford, and good on him to. Yeah, maybe elevate himself with the Lamar Jackson rumor floating around, and and it, at the very least, didn't make it a distraction. Didn't didn't seem like it hurt. It, de- it was a detriment to him. And uh, yeah, that's a weird rumor though. Lamar Jackson had that in my notes as well. It, that I I don't even really want to go into it because it's it's so far out there. So right now. far out to even talk about right now. But but hey, we'll see. We'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Build on what we can build on, and then hey. In the offseason, let's talk LJ, right? But yeah, flipping sides to the defense, man, they they were pressuring the first half like it was no like they were going gangbusters. And Aiden obviously getting on the board with a few sacks, uh, three total this game, had a couple of them in the first half. Right off the bat, he had a he made a play, and uh, Carson Wentz was was looking like he was in some pain. He was sweating back there with with the these bulls that were running on parade scared he was he was ready he saw the tape from last week he thought he was going to get some releases and get an opportunity to show his legs that was a strong suit when he came into the league and uh i mean he he should have faked the double ankle sprain honestly in the first half because they were eating him alive like we said couldn't even get a first down until five minutes left in the first half not only was his hair red, his face was red. That's how much pressure was being put on. <laughs> the, the force of a, a trillion suns there. Yeah. And like you said, Aaron Glenn, he was a scheming. Ben Johnson also scheming up some plays on offense. I just, uh, maybe I should say this for the end, but I just got to give a shout out to all the position and coordinator coaches because the team that Dan has assembled on the coaching staff, man, it, the Ben Johnson, OC, Aaron Glenn, DC, Deuce Staley. I just love Deuce Staley. I mean, I know he was the loud, like, um, you know, the the most the emotional guy on Hard Knocks. So it's hard not to like the guy that you see all the time. But Deuce Staley, man, he's got those running backs, that, that running back room looking fierce. I mean, what? Swift was out there making all the plays, like as he always does. You're going to get that from him. You know what you're going to get. He's always going to get his, even on a little bit of a bum ankle. Jamal Williams fills in as needed, gets those touches, and even Reynolds. Pick your poison on those three. Obviously, Swift's the number one, but that's just because he's on another level. The other two are just as good. Yeah, they all have their roles in the room, but what's cool to watch is they literally look like they're all running downhill. You know, Reynolds probably gives you the most uh, lateral movement out of the out of the trio of them, but all of them look like no matter what happens on this play, I'm going to fall forward and I'm going to get yards out of it. That's what, that's what that, that room looks like. So, so they're, they're not only downhill, but they're fast. They're fast downhill. So it it looks good to see. That run game was what we so sorely missed in the years past when we were watching guys run for negative three yards, negative two yards, no yard gain. And they had that long stretch of under under 100 yard games where it was it was I don't remember how long it was, but it was over like a year and a half that they didn't have a rusher over 100 yards. It was celebrated in, in that game when they had a, a a rusher break 100 yards. I can't think of it off the top of my head who it was, but yeah, vividly remember that the game was stopped and uh, was uh, it was a big a big feat at the time. But uh, kudos to you to shouting shouting those guys out, uh, Tommy. Go ahead and insert applause track there. Boom, 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 boom. But yeah, I mean, let's just hope, hope we can uh, hold on to this coaching staff going forward because a lot of them have uh, head coaching jobs uh, in the waiting for them, most likely. And that's the downfall of having good secondary coaches is the coaching tree starts to grow and. They're, they're going to take the next step because can you blame them? It's a bigger paycheck. But, yeah, let's keep them together as long as can. And in the other lessers, um, as I said, Goff kind of almost gave him one there. Uh, that was about the only thing I had negative from the first half is, is they almost gave one away there. And the other one was I would have liked to have seen them get points 
on that final drive before the half. They in in form of field goal or touchdown. They they had a chance there. It felt like oh, at the at, as the first quarter went on, first and second quarter went on. It was like they had a couple almost where they where they had the the big play from Amonra and they had a big play from Swift, both of which got within like the twenty five yard line, and then they just couldn't they couldn't get points or they kicked a field goal. Um, so crucial that they um, so crucial that they got the the safety though. It it was uh, I think the biggest negative if we want to talk about negatives that I saw from from him in the first half, and I mean it kind of translated uh, and rolled over into the second half. But really disappointing performance from DJ Chark today. He's got to be the number one. I mean that's what opens up. Amon Ra and Reynolds and the rest of these guys. It's the downfield lengthy threats. And it's just kind of, it, yeah, it's just kind of disappointing. He had a few targets that he couldn't reel in. And uh, one of them, I think, was a touchdown opportunity. So it's just that that's just real tough to see. I don't think he is a true number one. I don't think he has the ability to be a true number one. I think he's a good two. So when we get uh, uh, Jameson back, after what we're expecting to be the buy, uh, as uh, all accounts go. But uh, when he comes back, that might open things up for Chark a little more, and we might see him shine then. It's like a kid waiting for Christmas presents when you know something's coming. Jamison Williams is that, and it's like, man, this offense looks fairly good already. Let's see what another weapon adds to it, and whew, it's exciting. And with that, yeah, you're right. You're right, Chark is... I was just gonna say he's on the nice list for sure. He's not on the naughty list. <laughs> Chark did, yeah, yeah. That was I, 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 I thought that was more on golf miss throw at the end there, getting it to Shark. But it is, it is what it is. He's gonna get. I, I'm just gonna remain patient there and think it's just a timing issue with um, Shark because you obviously see the chemistry that St. Brown and Golf have as well as Reynolds at times. And those are guys that have been there before. So Chark might just be still getting that chemistry built up. It's only game two. That's my hope. But you're right. Mm-hmm. And let's go into the halftime capsule now. As a little bit of a asterisk or disclaimer, my co-host was live from the golf range today. So got a little bit of a different audio setup for his recording. So just be prepared that it's not going to be the, the quality that you're so used to hearing here on our more permanent setup but i think it kind of adds the humor to it and uh it's andrew's um living through the moment of just you know doing your job wherever you need to so let's let tommy cue up the halftime capsule all right coming at you live from halftime and wow what a vastly different feeling after this week's halftime since last week what can I say, really? I mean, not a perfect half, but really good ball playing. Lions are up 22 to nothing. And I just heard on Fox that this is the Lions' highest scoring first half since 2018. So almost four years, or about four years, actually. And just big plays all around on both sides of the ball. Offense moving the ball well, running the ball well. DeAndre Swift, Jamal Williams, and Reynolds all playing parts in that. Offensive line with the injuries still holding up, looking good. St. Brown with a big play. Reynolds with a touchdown and a big play. St. Brown also with a touchdown. DeAndre Swift with a big 50-yard run. Man, it's just looking really good out there. Goff's playing well. He's doing everything he needs to. And uh, Ben Johnson, shout out to him because he's he's calling some great plays out there. Defensively, well, how can we not touch on Aiden Hutchinson? He's got a hat trick already in the first half. Three sacks. After last week's quiet start, he's 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 leading it with a bang this week. And it's not just Aiden. This whole front has been bringing pressure all day. It took until about five minutes in the first half for Washington to even get a first down. They were looking like they were allergic to the, to the first down marker in the first half. So got to keep that up on both sides of the ball. Let's keep the pressure on defense. 
Let's keep scoring points. They had a couple points left off the board uh, in the first half with the with the going forward on fourth down, but then that turned that into a, did exactly what they needed to do, turned it into a safety, got the ball, and then scored the touchdown. Siebert, shout out to him. He's kicking great field goals. He's doing he's doing his job. Just and that's the story of the first half. Everybody's out there is just doing their job and then some. And I might add that the crowd is doing their job as well. The crowd is loud and they are bringing the heat inside the den. So let's keep all three fronts going. Special teams too. How can I forget about the special teams, man? Khalif Raymond with a big return and uh, just flying to the ball on on all sides. So it's it's great. It's great to see. Need to keep that up in the second half. If we recall from my prediction, not to tap myself on the back, but I said the Lions would take the lead early, take command. But now I'm a little concerned that the second half of my prediction, which was the Lions would then give up the lead or not give up the lead per se, but let the commanders back in and bring it within three to ultimately win by 10. So if that comes true, I'm going to look like Nostradamus, but I don't want the second half of my prediction to come true. I want the Lions to keep this lead. Don't even let the commanders think about coming back. We've got to step on the throat and twist. Go Lions. Let's go. That's what I'm talking about. That's a half for the Lions. 22-0. They're coming out. Anzalone is letting the hair flow. I think he could have some better play. But my God, am I just... I'm enthralled by what the Lions are doing. This is a young squad. Amon Ra putting points up. Jared's checking out of plays. We'd like to see less of that. And uh, I think my biggest takeaway is that I didn't like that they took their pedal off the or their foot off the pedal at the end of the half. I wanted them to be more aggressive, put another score on. But other than that, let's keep it tight. Let's keep it quick. Let's go twist the cleat. We're on the throat, let's twist, and let's put them away. Let's put them away and let's go, boys. Let's go, Lions. This is the team we want to see. They're coming to fruition with two backup linemen. Predictions for the second half. I think we, gotta, I think we just gotta close it. Aiden's Aiden showed in the critics. We got to put it away. Put it away. Offense got to stay strong. Put two more scores on the board. Defense with one big stop and a turnover, and I think uh, it deflates the Commanders. Then this game's over, and we're gonna walk into Week Three one and one, looking to show them down. Let's go, Lions! Thank you, Tommy. And those are our thoughts from halftime. And uh, yeah, we both kind of were on the same page that they needed to put this game away and not let the commanders come back in. For those of you avid listeners that remember, my prediction was that the Lions would take the lead early, check, that happened, and that the commanders would get let back into the game and bring it within three. Mm, Not really a check there. They didn't bring it within three. They did start to mount a comeback and uh, ultimately lost or the Lions yeah the Lions won by nine I had them winning by 10 so it was it was sort of to prediction but the commanders looked good coming out of the second half they definitely made the adjustments that were needed they started to get uh Carson Wentz the time he needed they they did a lot better containing that that front that was so hungry for the Lions in the first half they were still getting a little bit of pressure in the second half but not nearly the pressure that they were bringing in the first half so they definitely made the adjustments on offense the commanders and uh, contained and they went right down the field marched right down on that first drive and scored quickly and some crazy footwork by uh the receiver that i don't have the name of but some crazy foot yeah thank you that was that was some crazy footwork to get in the end zone there so the the defense was out came out a little flat and so did the offense i think the offense went three and out right after that so it was, it was, as Lions fans, we're so conditioned to not getting too excited too early. And you just, you just never know with these, with these teams. So I think we were all kind of on the edge of our seat, like, all right, don't let this become a game where it gets close and don't, don't, don't make it a heartbreaker. Let's try to put them away. And, and they all ultimately did get um, close to doing that, but it was, it was for a minute there, it felt like, oh no, they're going to let them back in. 
Oh yeah, couldn't agree with you more. Uh, you got so scared coming out of out of the half when the offense and defense were feeding on each other's negative energy. It got very uh, very malicious quickly. Um, kudos to them to sticking with it though and turning right around and driving right back down the field and putting points on the board though and it just kind of said, okay, we, let's take it, let's wear it on the chin, let's turn around, let's slap a bandage on this, stop the bleeding, and uh, let our defense go out there and see what they can do. And, I mean, kudos to the commanders for trying to make it a fist fight at the game at the end of the game, but uh, to me, it, it really was never in question the Lions were in the driver's seat yeah, the, almost it, the entire game, except for right out of the gate after the half. And that's the difference between – Lines of the past and lines of now, I think, is lines of the past would have probably laid down there and let that become a ball game, let it get real close. And the, the new look lines, we at least we hope, are hey, that's not us anymore. We're gonna we're gonna not let the commanders take charge of this game. And I think it kind of started with that St. Brown big run. And uh, I think you had a quote from the press conference. Uh yeah, well, Amon Ross said uh, on the on that end around play, he he came around the end and he heard the defense just say, and he quotes, "Oh shit," and that's when he knew he had a big play. <laughs> and a and a big play he did have because and he had several during the game, but that was a big one. It was kind of like, all right, swing the momentum back in our favor, and um, let's let's put this thing away. He had a lot of big plays today that just got down. That there were so many times where it was like. Amira almost scores. Amira almost scores. DeAndre Swift almost scores. Got it down. Got it down. Like a lot of those plays, I was just just hopeful that they would score and get it over with. Right. In that same vein, DeAndre Swift just what a play for him. That on a third and long, just when you think the Lions aren't going to get a touchdown off the big play from St. Brown, DeAndre Swift ball gets tipped. He falls making the adjustment to the ball. Gets up. Makes a couple guys miss, and all of a sudden you see him, and he's in the end zone. And that is going to be our BA player of the game, and we'll get to that. But shifty play there, what what a what a play from him! Yeah, we all know that Swift can shuffle, but we didn't know that he could butt shuffle, and that's something that he was just putting on full display there. And it was a, not only was it. Uh, uh, a want to get his yards receiving and rushing. I, he stated at the beginning of the year, that's what he wants to be a thousand yard rusher and receiver by the end of the season. And uh, it was just determination to see nobody around him, get up, get in the end zone and celebrate later, baby. Let's go. And it was crucial. That was a pivotal play in the game. Third and long, like I said, and got them the touchdown that they needed to get some, some of a gap between them and the commanders. And, and in my head when I was watching it, I saw him fall and just think, oh, well, crap, here we go. And as he gets up and makes the first guy miss, I'm like, hey, maybe that was a good thing. And then all of a sudden he's in the end zone. It's like, wow, this is this is the player you want him to be. It was just incredible. Yeah, it all happened so quickly. Like he started going down and he thought there's no way and he kind of tip drilled it into himself. And then it was just nobody around him and it's get up and make it as far as you can go make make something out of nothing and uh it ended up being a touchdown and i'm not i'm not going to apologize for any of them I'm not going to apologize for never. a single one this season never never and, and on a bum ankle too he 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 did have a little bit of a limp you could it was noticeable but uh he's still balls out better than half of the running backs in this league so glad to have him on our side um yeah Washington um, started a month to come back, like we said, and then they decided to go for two down eight, which actually, Weird. you know, looking at the chart, the chart does say 55% of the time you get that. So I guess he was looking at the chart. I don't see the point in going for two down eight other than the other than you, you could score a touchdown and take the lead. But it just kind of boggled my mind that Ron Rivera decided to go for two there. Yeah, it's weird. You you said it yourself. The chart says you get it fifty five percent of the time. You know what that chart doesn't say though? You don't get it forty five percent of the time, which is also a very large percentage. Hey, you're absolutely right, and, and, and uh, unnecessary. And where does the chart say for well, what if you miss the extra point the next time around? Because that's ultimately what happened. Is they they the don't get the two point conversion. They get the two point conversion, and then they score again. 
And well, this time they missed the extra points. So now you're down nine. Yikes. Now, now it's a two score game that changes the, the, the landscape of the game completely. And the lions respond with a huge drive, gets them up two scores. St. Brown gets his second touchdown of the game. And uh, at that point, the defense can kind of play soft, and they did play extremely soft and kind of let everything happen in front of them. Um, they, I did think it was huge that they locked down in the red zone. Didn't lock it down to the point of not letting them score, but they did lock it down enough to get a couple stops on the run there to get it to the two-minute two, point, two warning, which helped them out clock. in the time management. Yeah, time management. That's a, it's a huge difference between Washington getting that in before the two-minute warning and getting it after, which they held them up on two straight runs within the within the five-yard line. So that was they did what they had to do there, and uh, then they missed the extra point, and um, the Lions uh, Lions get the uh, onside kick and uh, put the game away. Yeah, it was it was a it was a clean game as we mentioned. The, only three penalties the whole game uh, for both teams. Only one on the lines, the one we mentioned, uh, 25 seconds in, which equates to 59 minutes and 35 seconds of penalty-free football from the Lions. And you can't ask for anything better than that. That's disciplined football. Obviously, a low penalty uh, game overall, but you just can't say enough. It was very enjoyable to watch. There were no points in that game where it was big plays where you're, where you're holding your breath because you think you don't know if the defense is getting off the field because you're waiting for that that yellow flag score bug to come up where, you know, penalty, there was never, it was never any of that. It was a clean game all around. And I was just, it was enjoyable that the refs let them play. They did, however, miss one. We both agreed on. And I think a lot of people agreed on when the lions picked off the two point conversion and he kneels it and just gets jacked. And there's no flag to be, to be seen. That was probably the one they missed. I mean, probably the definition of a defensive defenseless player and i mean the nfl preaches it that's their whole thing is defenseless players should never take shots that's the whole point of the pass interference and and helmet to helmet contact with the crown and everything and that's just what they try to avoid so to throw to not throw a flag on that is kind of trash but uh, the lions should take that take every chip they can place it right upon the shoulders of themselves and uh, just say give it to them it was it was it was kind of egregious and it was well after it was one of those where you can just kind of feel like that should be a penalty you, just the litmus test is that should be a penalty just watching it and the Washington Commanders beat the Jags who beat the Colts so I don't think Washington's a great team they're probably on the borderline of being a playoff team but it's not a situation where the Lions beat up on guys that are on a team that could go 0 and 17 or 1 and 16 that this was a the Washington Commanders are a decent enough team, so you feel pretty good about a convincing-ish win against them. They're fighters. That that's. I mean, obviously, that's what they proved in the second half is that they don't quit in games. It's kind of reminiscent of the Lions last year, who how they just literally never quit. But to go uh, back and touch on something you said, I think you said the word discipline. And if you listen to any of the press conferences or media days throughout the week, one of the recurring themes you always heard was, and I'll, I'll say it just like Dan says it for the listeners at home, it was it's just details, man. We just got to focus on the little details, man. And he just kept saying it was details uh, and attention to detail and cleaning up the little things. And that's and that goes along with the penalties. And you said it. I mean, the special teams play was was outrageous. They got the safety. And then after the safety, they get a 59-yard return to lead a – to, to turn it into short field for the offense to get another quick score. I mean, those nine points, I don't have the stat in front of me, but I'd like to know the time span that they got those nine points in. It was awfully quick. Oh, it was quick. It was very quick. And um, I'm going to hit you with a stat here, which they threw up on the Fox broadcast. Uh, I don't know if you saw it or not, but this is the first time since 1952 that the Lions have scored 35 or more points in three, state ga- three straight games. And uh, you want to know the you, you want to know what 1952 slash 53 was? That was the year they won the championship. So we're not saying that Uh-oh. a Super Bowl is coming, but I don't know. We're just gonna let you have that stat and do do what you wish with that stat. But they winner is coming. 
Uh, championship was the last time they had three straight games with 35 points. So it, I don't know. Kind of sounds like a Super Bowl on the horizon to me. I've said it once. I'll say it again, and I'll probably say it till the day I die. At this point, and Dan, we trust. And uh, you know, like we said it last last week, the the onside kick was kind of weird, and you question it, but. I mean, revisionist history. You said it yourself. I mean, he gets that. That's a whole different game. I mean, they, they could win that. I mean, these are the things we're going to have to live and die by by Dan Campbell. And he gave you what he wants his team to look like at all times in the first half. And I think he's a little disappointed by the effort in the second. But, I mean, it's flashes of what this team could be. And I'm, I'm excited for the future. Oh, we all are excited. The flashes are there. And we just want those flashes to become the fulls, the full things, right? And we'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, we had Aiden Hutchinson and Okuda both kind of got a little banged up during the game. Aiden Hutchinson was visibly limping like a lot, and uh, he was fighting through the pain. Hopefully not a big, I don't think it's a big injury, but um, something with the leg, uh, ankle, knee, something in that order. Probably more ankle than anything. Um, but what a fighter by him to stay in the game the whole time and did briefly go to the locker room, probably got taped up or uh, shot up, maybe. <laughs> Who knows? But uh, Okuda looked like he was more of just a cramp. They were rolling him out. He was hitting the Gatorade, trying to work those cramps out. So we'll be happy if that's just a cramp because he is playing up to his potential now and uh, uh, just would, would hate to see any injuries from him in that front. Um, side note, maybe, maybe St. Brown's dad, John St. Brown, I believe is his name. I think it's John. John sounds correct. Amon Ra's dad is the strength and conditioning coach. What do you think? I, I I mean, we said it after the Hard Knocks episode. Get this guy a job. He knows. He obviously knows what he's talking about. All of his sons are, are athletes, not only athletes, but studs. Amon Ra is living up to full potential. I mean, he's obviously shown that he's a winner. He's going to he's going to do it yeah. himself but but I mean get him in there with a bunch of young guys and get him going the right way early I, God, yeah you got to think there could be a spot for him there could be a spot I think so too something to put in your memory bank just put that tuck that one away but yeah we'll we'll discuss the the week ahead and any injuries and any updates on Wednesday's episode our 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 midweek report yeah, yeah. just don't forget about uh Hutch, I'm assuming he either rolled it or he got stepped on, but, I mean, you said it yourself, stayed on the field. I mean, don't forget about that rookie sack record that he set today for the Lions. Uh, that's huge. Set it with three. Yeah. That's big news. He is completely living up to uh, as billed as a number two overall pick. Could have been a number one. Probably should have been. Thank you, Jacksonville. Thank you, Jacksonville. We can't thank you enough. Um, but, yeah, that, that – he had a, a heck of a game, three sacks, as you said, the record for set the record for the rookie record for sacks. And uh, he was probably an early candidate for the BA player of the week. Um, but it was just it was just one of those days where many guys were having were having games. So it was it's a tough one to pick this week. Last week was went, went to DeAndre Swift, and that was a pretty clear cut winner there. DeAndre Swift had another big game. Aiden Hutchinson, just as mentioned, had a big game. Two honorable mentions there, but I think our crowning winner is Mr. Amon-Ra St. Brown. We touched on his stats earlier. Just big play after big play today. Two touchdowns, 184 yards total from scrimmage, 116 through the passing game and 64 on the ground. A couple big uh, end-around plays and big plays through the air as well. So Mr. Amon-Ra St. Brown, here is your crown. You are the patron saint of Sundays from here on out. We're hearing rumors that there's talks of him being in the top five wide receivers in the league, and uh, some people calling for Hall of Fame already. I'm a I'm a jump on that horse and, uh, and oh, was try it to you? ride that try to ride that all the way to Ohio. I think uh, I think Amon Ra's gonna have himself a, a home in Canton at some point uh, when his career is said and over, said and done with. But uh, I mean, heck of a heck of a performance from him. You got to give the BA Play of the Week to DeAndre Swift out of sheer effort. I mean, it defines what this team is. It's all about effort and the steam engine that can. But uh, Player of the Week setting the records. Got to go to Amon Ra and the Egyptian gods, and uh, I'll I'll take any of that 
and all of it, please. So good, yes, good sir. on him. And uh, let's roll it into another week next week. Let's see more of it. That's all I want to say. Keep it rolling. Keep it rolling. And speaking of next week, we've got other games to cover here in the NFL. Uh, we had a, uh, a a little bit of a lesser crazy week than than the than the week one crazy chaos bedlam that we had. The first game we'll touch on Jets Browns. We both had the Browns winning this one, so strike strike one for us. But um, the Jets come out victorious, thirty one to thirty, mounted a comeback and. Uh, Got an onside kick to, to to seal it off. And uh Joe Flacco, we've gave you some flack in the past, but uh yeah, four touchdowns from him today. So Jets over the Browns. J-E-T-S. Jets, Jets, Jets. Oh my God. I, I mean it's it seems ridiculous to be happy for him, but you gotta you gotta let Flacco get his wins here and there. And uh I mean at this point, I I don't think you can root for the Browns anymore. They know who they hired as a human being and their quarterback, and uh, you can't root for that. So I guess I'm rooting against it. Let's go, Jets. And in the Venmo Bowl of the week, ouch, this one hurts for you. Bucks 20, Saints 10. Ouch town population me, bro. Uh, it started out so slow. I felt like this game was 3-3 three to three forever. 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 I kind of forgot about it because it was 3-3 for so long and it just got kind of boring after a while. And then next thing you know, Tom Brady does Tom Brady things and uh, Jameis Winston um, may have only had LASIK in one eye, it turns <laughs> out, after he throws three interceptions and goes back to his old ways. If he continues <laughs> to play like that, I'm going to have to be sending you that money. Yeah, it's not looking good for the Saints. They're one and one so... They're, they're sitting okay after they got the week one victory, but this one was not a good showing for them. There was a little bit of a brawl in the third or fourth quarter, I think it was, and Mike Evans and Lattimore both got ejected. That Again? That one just kind of got elevated things for the Bucs even more. I mean, this isn't this isn't something new between them, and I'm I'm honestly no. shocked. I'm sure we'll hear some reports that the refs, you know, were given warning of the bad blood, and they need to watch for it. But I mean, again, and you, they're gonna see each other again. It's a divisional game, so we'll see what happens uh, the second time around. But you got to think they're gonna be some hefty fines if it happens again. No love lost there. Panthers, Giants, also no love loss. A close one. Giants get it by a field goal. Panthers, 0-2. Baker Mayfield uh, left his uh, – I guess he didn't leave it in too long. He undercooked that pie, and uh, I think he celebrated it a little too early on this one. And uh, see you later, Baker. You may be exiting the NFL quicker than you thought. Yeah, it might be uh, Sam Darnold season quickly – but I think I had the Giants by three. I have to roll back the tape on that one, but I think I had Giants by three there. So got to got to get my wins where I can because it wasn't a great week for predictions for me. Good speaking for you, of, sir. Speaking of uh, weeks, week two predictions that didn't go well for us, Steelers lose by three to the Patriots. Ugh, ugly game. And just, I mean, you got to ask yourself. I mean, Lions fans know it. Patricia isn't the answer. Uh, I, I would say the Patriots are, are are soon finding that out that that's that's not the right answer for your offensive coordinator. If you want to see how an offensive coordinator runs a game like an orchestra, look at Ben Johnson because it's honestly beautiful the way things ebb and flow off each other. Patricia looks like he's he's shoving a block down <laughs> down a circle hole. It looks scary. He got, he just thinks like, okay, hat on hat, everybody's accounted for, and we have athletes, so, so they should make plays. That's that's his train of thought of what I see here, and it's it's going to derail quickly. Number two pencils weren't the only number twos that he was laying on the field today. Oh, got him. Speaking of laying number twos, uh, Colts now 0-1-1, just as – just a terrible game against the, just a terrible showing against the Jaguars. Get skunked twenty four to nothing. Ouch! That one's that's us. That's just ugly. Yeah, the only thing I can say is uh, Baker Mayfield may not be the only quarterback walking his way out of the NFL this season. And I guess 
if we want to talk about the golf issue, I guess I will say if we do lose golf next year, he does have a home, a state over in Indianapolis. And uh, I think uh, <laughs> he'll make himself happy, uh, a good tale to his career there. Absolutely. The Matty Ice experiment in Indy is not going well. And uh, in the barn burner of the week, the Dolphins versus the Ravens, I called for this to be a barn burner. However, you get the best of me here. You had Dolphins. I had Ravens. Dolphins come back, score 28 points to win it. Tua throws six touchdown passes today. Six. All six through the air. I don't think anybody had that coming. Six touchdowns, 469 yards passing. Tyreek Hill had 190. Waddle had 170. Lamar Jackson had four touchdowns and 300 yards plus himself, but... It's hard when you got Tua on the other side throwing six touchdowns and 470 yards and a, just an epic comeback. Probably one of the best games of the week right there. And the Dolphins are now 2-0. and oh. uh, I mean, 2-0 and oh, and with one of the best celebrations in football right now in the waddle, the penguin waddle from, from Jalen. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously the best game of the week. I mean, that might be the best game we see in a couple weeks i mean i know week one really showed out with a couple overtime games the ties kind of eh, sucks but uh i mean yeah you got to give it to the dolphins i'll save the listeners uh my dolphin impersonation this week uh but you, you know that they were all communicating sonar like oh very much so it was a, it was you could say that the dolphins are now tua and oh uh oh, zinger! Speaking of two and zero, oh, but flip it, flip it and reverse it. Falcons now zero and two, but gave the Rams a scare at the end there. I mean, in a complete role reversal, the the Falcons who are always blowing games tried to take one away from the triple crown winner in Cooper Cup, and he got he got stripped late which could have turned into points for the Falcons, but turns out the Falcons are still bad and they're still not going to win. So Matthew Stafford, good on you. I still don't want you to have a good season. I want that draft pick. Absolutely, right? The compensational pick, we need that. And uh, yeah, we both had the Rams winning that one. So shout out to us for having the Rams, but I think we had Rams by a million. And last time I I checked, four points is not a million. Uh, four could be less than a million. I'm still waiting on confirmation for that, though. Still tabulating the results. Speaking of tabulating results, 49ers 27-7. to We're tabulating the results on what that Trey Lance injury is, but it did not look good. Yeah, it looked like Trey Lance left five digits out there, and they were all five of his toes. That uh, That ankle looked unattached from his leg. Yeah, things were going directions they should not be going. One leg looked normal. One leg looked like it was being shape-shifted. So it's, it's one of those injuries you see in football very rarely. And, I mean, I guess it's not very rarely anymore, but still rarely. But it's just one of those injuries where you put it in slow-mo and you think, oh, God, no, don't show me it but still put it in slow-mo so I can see it because I need to see this. Oh, it's but, the yeah. curiosity thing. The curiosity gets the cat, man. It's 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 one of those situations. And this is why the the 49ers paid that in enormous salary, enormous for a backup at least, insurance policy for Jimmy G. And now it's Jimmy G season all over again. Something about Jimmy Garoppolo and filling in for injured quarterbacks. He's just destined to take over these games. He's kind of like uh, 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 Nick Foles in a way, I guess. Yeah, I'll give the 49ers a golf clap since I was on the course all day today. Uh, but, yeah, Jimmy G showing out, uh, showed uh, Trey Lance. I know that there was a little allegation of him at the strip club. Good on him, uh, you know. If you're going to break your foot off and possibly – you know, lose your NFL career. At least you're at the strip club the day before, but He's you got know, a lot of Jimmy time for G, that now. Jimmy G said, Hey son, this is how you do it. You take him out to a classy dinner, which is exactly how he did it. And that's kind of how he ran that game afterwards. But, uh, hopefully things turn out better for him, but good on Jimmy G for getting paid and still getting that starting role. Boy, Jimmy and the G stands for gentlemen. Oh, what'd you shoot on the golf course, by the way? 
We shot nine under today. It was uh, we were feeling it. We were feeling Ooh. it. Feeding off that lion energy, energy, right? Oh yes, sir. And you know who else was bringing the energy today? Mister Fire Up Chips, Central Michigan University alum. Shout out to the man, the myth, the legend, Cooper Rush, leading the Cowboys to a victory uh, over the Bengals. Can I get two claps on Eric Flair? Uh, Cooper Rush, 19 of 31, 235 and one touchdown. Uh, they really leaned on the running game and, and fed both Zeke and Pollard. But Cooper Rush, kind of like Jared Goff, did what he had to do. It's got to just be serviceable, be the be the game manager, and uh, stepped it up at the end to get him within field goal range to give Mar the 50-yard field goal for the win. So did what he had to do, and hey, we'll see what happens. I'm hearing rumors of Dak being ready in about two, three weeks, which is a lot quicker than people thought. But if Cooper keeps winning games, uh, I don't know. They'll probably go back to Dak, but I don't think it's such a bad idea to just lean on Cooper Rush as long as you can. Uh, good for, I mean, honestly, the, the, the only thing you can say is good for Cooper Rush. I mean, this is what you do as a backup. You said it yourself. We said it about golf. You be serviceable. You put yourself, uh, you put yourself and your team in a position to win by just allowing your playmakers to go make plays. And that's what Cooper Rush did. He, he, we talked about it off air. He had a pretty lackluster day. Uh, leading up to that last drive, but I mean, that's what that's what the big time quarterbacks get paid to do is make those two minute no no huddle drives and get down the field and put points on the board late. He didn't get them all the way to the end zone. That's not who Cooper Rush is. He got him close enough. He got him in position. Field goal, good game one. You know what that's gonna do? That's gonna put him in position to be paid as a backup until he can no longer do it. But good on him to go earn paychecks and uh, earn himself a career. Exactly, the Chase Daniel format. And there better be Rush, the band, shout out the band Rush. Anybody that knows music knows how good of a band they are, but they've got to have Rush on repeat in that locker room. <laughs> a slap at the bass, man. Yeah, yes, man, Cooper Rush season. Broncos, 16 to nine in a low scoring affair against the Texans. Uh, you had Broncos. I had Texans. This one hurts because I was a big believer in the Texans. And I think I just got too emotionally attached. Texans aren't good. Yeah. You asked for a lot from the Texans after, I mean, coming out of what they've already come out of, but uh, in, in other news, even though they did lose it, uh, I I've completely written the Broncos off. I think they're a bad team. I don't yes. think they're going to do anything this season. I think they're fool's gold. They're in the tough division. They're, I'm, I'm going to predict it right now. They're going to come out at number four in that division, and I think it's going to be by a mile as well. Yeah, it, it, their, their coach, Nathaniel Hackett, had another, Over his head. had another situation today where they were lining up for a 54-yard field goal, and there was some miscommunications on which what he wanted the team to do. They ultimately hit a delay of game. Delay a game, and uh, then it's a fifty-nine yarder, and they 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 go they go punt instead of they instead of field goal. Almost could have cost them the game. They ended up getting some plays from Russell Wilson, and he had a average day at best: fourteen of thirty-one for one uh, one touchdown and two hundred nineteen yards. Broncos also probably not good, but uh, they were the better of the bad today against the the Texans. And uh, we had one game going to overtime this week. One overtime thriller. The Cardinals with an epic comeback. I guess you could say this game was willed to victory. Kyler Murray had the call of duty to lead this team back. He had a two-point conversion where he ran 85 yards in 21 seconds and ultimately only ran two yards from scrimmage. But the next-gen stats say it all 85 yards scrambling around for 21 seconds until he finally just runs it in he was running for his life all game and he was pulling some some magic tricks out of his hat because he was wrapped up several times by Crosby and others on the Raiders defense and just somehow came out of it and Cardinals win it in overtime 29-23 
Yeah, and uh, I mean, honestly, I thought the Raiders were in control most of this game. I didn't think the Cardinals looked good. They looked all sorts of out of funk. Uh, Kyler Murray once again proves he is short. Uh, can't see over that over the top of that offensive line. I mean, I was ready to write off Kyler Murray in the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, behind the Denver Broncos. I, I thought they were a worse team than the Denver Broncos, uh, but what have you done for more, done for me recently? You go in, you win that yep. game, you get the two-point conversion. That's a storyline that turns everything around, and uh, good for them. Go out and prove it next week. And our game from Thursday, Chargers-Chiefs. Chiefs, I said it, you can't win an arrowhead, although it really looked like the Chargers were going to take that until the uh, pick six that really changed things. If you took off the scoreboard from that game off the TV, I would have thought that the Chargers were winning that game and won that game. Yeah. It, they were in complete control almost all night long. Yep, and the the Chiefs made the one play when they had to, and that's the, that's what gave them the game. Not only that, but you know the uh, the refs like to give them some some hella breaks and that on those drives as well. Oh yeah. So you're gonna get those calls in Arrowhead when when uh, you've had the success that. Mahomes and Andy Reid and the rest of that squad have. It's a respect kind of thing. And we have one game in progress. Currently, Bears-Packers are in the first quarter. Packers up 3 nothing. We'll see what ha- happens and transpires in the rest of that game. And then ultimately, we do have, of course, the two Monday night matchups. Titans-Bills, the first of two. And then the Vikings-Egos to end things out for the week. And we'll wrap those up on our Wednesday episode. But... That is the NFL week two so far as we're about, mm, I don't know, let me do some quick math, 80% of the way through the week maybe, maybe higher, 90%. Um, uh, just uh, just loving the week that it was and another great great one. It's always yeah, great when f- football is on the TV. Yeah, and your feel-good story of the week, if, if everybody can uh, take their memory caps off and reach back and find that thought, if you remember the guy crying on Hard Knocks when he was waived and cut from the team, uh, ultimately he got signed back to the practice squad. His name's Dan Skipper, and he got he got to play today, and he played he played well. And out of a like I said, the feel good story of the week, the Lions sent him to the media podium first, ahead of all ahead of all other players. So I mean, it really just shows you that uh, Dan is in tune with the locker room, and I mean that's a uh, that's what. Uh, a coach who, who who understands and has the pulse of that locker room, that's something that they would do. And you just you love to see it. More good things coming out of the organization. Respect. And in other news, let's go talk college football for a little bit, huh? Um, Blowout City, huh? Yeah, we, we talked about this. Was there any this. town not left uh, with their legs wide open at the end of this week? Goodness right. me. Right? We talked about it in, the, in our preview show where, or, or last week we talked about it where there was not a lot of, there was a lack of compelling or marquee matchups and there were a couple of good games, but there weren't, there weren't the games that there were the week before. Uh, Michigan only knows 50 burgers, three straight games over 50 points. They look like they can take on anybody, but we have mentioned we're, we're holding judgment until we actually see them play some, some better opponents, but hey, they look good. I mean, the big knock has been strength of schedule. And that's, I mean, obviously, yep. uh, even as a Michigan fan, I'll admit the bias. Yeah, strength of schedule, dog shit to, for these first three games to open up the season. The, the best thing you can say to shut somebody up, though, is they didn't underperform in a single one of those games. Nope. I would say they either performed or outperformed uh, what, what was expected of them and put a 50 burger up in, in all three of them at least shows that, uh, it doesn't matter the, the, the opponent, we're still going to come out and we're going to play our style of football and, and we're just going to get down to business. Convincing wins are convincing and MSU did not convincingly win. they had the trap game of all trap games, heading out West to Washington, Washington in control the whole game. They just, they just played solid and MSU, it just couldn't answer. Uh yeah, for it was a tough day for the for the green and white. Uh I, I don't know if that's gonna derail their whole season, but boy am I happy. I, I said it last week. 
Mel Tucker and the and the boys down the road. You don't want to give them billboard uh, billboard material. You don't want that train to gain momentum. So it's a good loss for us uh, for the rivals in state. But uh, as a Michigan football fan in general, as a state as a whole, it, that's that's a tough loss and a fan of, of the Big Ten. Yeah, and it was in prime time, so a very public game for everybody. Ohio State scored like 80 points. That was pretty crazy, but it was Toledo. That's nuts. Um, the game of the week probably um, was the App State craziness. They had game day there, App State taking on Troy. App State with a Hail Mary to win it. And it wasn't just your typical Hail Mary that they catch it in the end zone off a couple tips. No, they tipped it. It was short of the end zone, tipped and into the hands of the receiver who then makes the move to the outside to win it. And uh, at home, of course, too, with game day there. What a season for App State's been having. And I just want to live vicariously through the App State students because you you must be having oh, a hell of a year. I, we said it last week that game time, uh, game day was going to be there, and we talked about how they need to increase the, the amount of condoms that are kept on campus that week. And Wow. After the finish of that game, we are going to have some pregnancies coming our way out of, out of North Carolina. <laughs> yeah, good thing RG3 wasn't calling that game because that would have been recipe <laughs> for disaster. Shout out to him, new dad. I think this is like, I don't know. He's, he's not quite to Cromarty levels, but... I just want to talk, circle back to him for a minute, and I, this is the transition. RG3 in the booth, I, I think he's pretty good. He's kind of a hit or miss for people, but last, not last week, the week before, I believe, it was the week where he threw out the orgy in the end zone during the Michigan game. Oh, well, he's he's done another. Last, last, last night, he hit us with the big Penix energy, which for the uninitiated, oh that's a play on BDE, big dick energy. Uh, the guy... For um, Washington's, his last name was Penix, so he was he threw out the big Penix in uh, energy. He also had a, a a point in the game where he called a premature snapulation, which is a play oh my on. goodness, take He's, it easy, my guy. He he after he made the orgy comment in the line or in the in the uh, Michigan game. Uh, for those who don't understand, orgy is the last name of a Michigan uh, player. Um, I think after that, he's just he's 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 in a situation where it's don't let him get hot because now he's got that confidence and he knows people are getting a kick out of it, and now he's just going to start doing these until he does something where he crosses the line too far and he gets kicked off of the waves and he never comes back because this was an ABC broadcast, not even a cable broadcast. This is a network broadcast. That's that's towing the line right there. I like it. It's funny, but it's towing the line for an ABC broadcast. There's some boomers out there that probably didn't get the joke, but if they understood the joke, they'd be calling into the F- FCC real quick. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, you said it yourself. He's towing the line, but it is funny. I mean, he, he said that orgy comment, and he probably th- didn't get too much blowback from it. It was like, aha, good one, man. Uh, we li- we like that, that quick, witty humor out of you, and now he's just letting loose. But, I mean, you said it yourself. Uh, he's going to say something that's over the line that he's going to then have to apologize for. and uh, He's going he's gonna to have to do the notes app apology. Yep, and we're going to get a chuckle out of it and call him an idiot, and then we're all going to move on with our lives. Speaking of broadcasters making toe-of-the-line comments, Mark Sanchez today, I don't know if you caught this one, but um, – he said the defense or the, the line or something along these lines, he, they were clearing out guys like teenagers are clearing out their search history. So, wow. If you don't know what that means. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Right. Uh, well, thoughts and prayers uh, when you pass away. There's uh, the whoever whoever was the, the lead guy in that game. Obviously, Sanchez is the color commentary. The lead guy was was. Why? I think he hit something along the lines of he hit him with, uh, "Why are the teenagers needing to clear their search history?" He's like, I, I, he understood it, but like he was, he was just he wanted to make to say a, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, Mark, Mark was like, "Oh, I don't know." He he brushed it off, but Mark Sanchez is trying to do his best RG three impression, I guess, in the booth. He's he's taking some humor from RG three and trying to incorporate it in. You know, he had that one written down. He didn't come up with that on the fly. He had that one written down. He practiced that one in the mirror before the game. Uh, Mark that Sanchez's, was the Rams Falcons uh, game. Yeah, Mark Sanchez's short NFL career can tell you that he can't think on the fly. Exactly, the butt fumble says it all. Yeah. Um, 
yeah so so it looks like um let me just tabulate our scores so far we as we mentioned we still have three games yet to be decided but in our predictions of the week um we we both had the raiders winning so that one that one's a scratch for us so that puts us at i'm i'm five and eight on the week and andrew you are six and seven so ouch showing for us both below 500 may may change after these three games play out if we if i get all three right i'll go to eight eight and eight that'll be an even 500 if you get uh more than two right you'll be uh 500 or better so it's looking good for you so far yeah and a little look ahead till next to next week we got uh we got the minnesota vikings next week um they're gonna get a shot at Yes, sir. The first divisional matchup for the Lions. Uh, they're going to get a shot at Philly tomorrow night, uh, the second of two Monday night matchups. So we can kind of gauge off the results of that game yeah. of how we're going like to be looking thinking. against them. So it's it's kind of cool to have that actual, like, uh, still played them in the same month, so it's still relatively the same same team. Uh, so we'll see how they do against the Eagles and kind of cross compare and we'll have that tape to view. Yeah, big, big, uh, big tape review between the Lions and the Vikings, um, both between the, the Lions matchup last week and the Vikings this week. It'll be a good comparable. We'll see what happens on Monday night. But as of right now, recording on Sunday, Minnesota is currently favored seven and a half points at home. Yeah, and you gotta you gotta think: Is it due to that stadium and and the and the treacherous, murderous rates it, it holds for migratory birds? Uh, and the sun shining through that glass. Uh, you gotta ask yourself: Is that is, is the it greenhouse effect really in play? Right, right. These birds. I, I, cook. I think seven and a half points is is lofty. Uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's It'll be the first true uh, road game for the Lions, though. It'll be a road test for them. So no more home cooking, at least for next week. Um, we'll preview that one, one a little bit more on Wednesday. But, yeah, it's 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 going to be a big test. I mean, yeah, I mean, just one more thing. You hit on it right there. Shout out to the fans again. I mean, oh, yes. all you could hear, uh, all you could hear uh, from the broadcasters were that the the crowd was going nuts and they were they were willing some plays for the defense. Yeah, not a lot of Commanders fans in the uh, in the in the stands either. A lot of blue and gold, uh, blue and white, and what? Sil- blue and silver. Not Matthew Stafford. Not Matthew Stafford. No Matthew Stafford jerseys in the in the stands. I'm sure they I were. Hope not not the, not those blue and gold ones. Blue and gold. No, yeah. I, I I was I was I had myself thinking of CMU there for with the maroon and gold, and I mixed the two together. <laughs> Tommy got Coop, this. Coop, Cooper Rush on the brain. Cooper Rush. It couldn't couldn't. What a what a game for him. Couldn't be. Couldn't happen to a better person either. Just a stand up guy, family man, all around good guy. Hey Cooper, if you want to come on the show, we'd be glad to have some guests on. Speaking of guests, if if anybody knows anybody, uh, send them our way. And I've got to give a shout out to two special listeners who are on their way to the airport. Safe travels to you, Kylie and Bennett. Shout out to you guys for watching or listening. I guess I should say you can't watch this, but um, shout out to them and all of our other fans across the world because we've now gone international. We've got some fans in Spain. Oh yeah, and just to uh, to elaborate upon that, uh, hey, when you guys land, could you also give us another play so we can get the views at your destination yes. as well? So, you know, if you're still listening at this point, go ahead and just you know throw it on poolside for everybody to hear. Yes, please, please do. Just throw out some QR codes too. Just just print them out <laughs> and paste them on the on the walls there in wherever your wherever tropical paradise you are, and uh, yeah. To the rest of the listeners out there, we love you too. We're not just singling out people just to single people out. If you want to send us a picture of you listening to the show, we'll gladly shout you out. So just keep that in I'm mind. I'm still waiting for the for the audio voice back. I'm waiting for the first caller. Oh, yeah. I haven't checked the mailbox, so there might be something there. I just haven't checked. Uh, I don't think I get notifications for that. So, yeah, that's uh, that's week two of the NFL season and week three of college football. Lions one and one taking on the Vikings next week. We'll look to improve to two and one, get that record over 500 
build on what we can build on as Lions. And uh, yeah, happy to be one and one. Yeah, we'll see you folks on the Wednesday walkthrough. This was the big show. And yes, as Andrew mentioned, walkthrough Wednesday, the slim edition. Listen on Wednesday. Until then, go Lions! Woo!